Oh my god. Hey guys. Welcome to Really. I'm Cret. This is FDOT. <laughs> and uh, we've got new audio settings, so I'm doing everything differently. But I'm back. In the same time, the same yeah. place, but I'm in a different place. And this yeah, is yeah. really. So, so it's been about two weeks that we've been sans Cret. Uh, the first week was just sort of not around. And the second week, we got Jeff Hindler, which was actually really fun. Uh, we took sort of a step back from our normal, like, analysis and just sort of, like, chatted with Jeff a little bit about how, you know, what life is like being in the SP on the whole nine yards. But we've got Cret back, and uh, why don't you tell the folks at home why you were missing for so long? Huh? One sec, let me get my dog. <laughs> Oh, there it is. Of course. So, Crit, I guess I'll spill the beans. Crit was This should get us more viewers, right? Maybe. Apparently, my audio is crappy. So, your your new setup is not as good as you think it is. No, that's just your audio. Mm. <laughs> that's a good dog. I do like the dog. He looks worried, though. So, that dog looks familiar. Because it's Lassus's and I totally stole it. I'm living in the Eager House. It's pretty great. I found out I like to cook, uh, which yeah. I didn't know up until recently, and I'm having a good time. Um, yeah, I mean, that's basically that. That's the end of the story, right? I'm down here. I'm in Florida. It's pretty cool. Got my setup, yeah. and we're good to go. So is this like a permanent situation, or is it sort of like a like your gaming crib? Well, no. I mean, like, we live here, you know? Like, yeah. It's a house, and everyone lives there. Everyone's got their setup because we're nerds, and, you know, that's how you roll. And, uh, yeah, I hope it's permanent. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty sweet stuff. So I guess uh, Eager becomes one of the first SPL teams to really have, like, a, a team house, which is pretty dope, actually. Um, no other teams have a team house. You've got the Poppies, who all live in the same city. <laughs> but they're not an SPL team and they're not in the same house, so uh, it's definitely pretty sweet that you're down there and, you know, Coach, so what is it? It's Coach, Solo, Hunter, and Mid that all live there, right? Uh, yeah, right now. And actually, I think Dare is driving down as we speak. So he'll be oh, in... Oh, Dare's going to move in too? Yeah, he'll be here at some point today, like late tonight, I think. Wow. All right. So everybody but Aurora has moved, has moved in, huh? Yeah. And uh, I think Aurora is like mid-June is the plan. Oh, okay. So Eager is like full-on game house. Yeah. <laughs> totally. Wow. I mean, that's the way to do it, right? Because just so far, I mean, me, Lass, uh, Tully, and Zap right. have just grown already. And partially because of the bonding experience putting together a house and, like, <laughs> finding out. I moved to the house, and it's like, yeah, they have two frying pans. And that's it. And I'm like, yeah. I can't cook with this. <laughs> we didn't have a spatula. That's hilarious. I guess I guess that wasn't lying when he says he eats McDonald's every night. <laughs> no. He really, well, now he eats real food. That's right. Yeah. I made mashed potatoes. We have a potato yeah, drawer. Yeah. That's the Irish influence there. Yeah, and it's just potatoes, right? It's a drawer that you open up, and there's potatoes. Yeah. That's where we keep <laughs> So, So we've seen the move uh, of you guys. And Epsilon, on the European side of things, Raffer's been talking about, uh, talking a lot about um, the, the 
sort of situation of having a gaming house as well, which is pretty sweet. It's cool to see teams moving in this direction of legitimization, I guess. I don't know. But there is definitely something cool about teams picking up gaming houses. Because I remember a while ago, it was the idea was tossed around with Old Dig, your, your same mm-hmm. team, but it never came to fruition, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely hard because, right, you've got to make sure that everyone... Or, like, that either your organization, or in our case, um, you know, Lasses, right, is making enough money to be able to afford a house. And (laughs) this is, like, a nice place, right? Like, there's a pond out my window. We have a pond. Wow. (laughs) It's, it's, yeah, so it's really nice. Um, But, uh, yeah, really loving it. You know what? Nice. I just want to jump right in this week, though, because we've got a lot to cover, and the SPL this week defied expectations from start to finish. Every day there was at least one upset and often more. Yeah, I mean, this was was a lot of fun. This was, I don't want to say that Smite, the spring split was pretty much just like, this team wins, that team wins, this team wins, that team wins, and you watch it. And, uh, and then at the end, you're like, like, oh, hey, AFK won. Yeah, exactly. Like, that was the whole uh, that was the whole thing. But here in uh, week two of the summer split, I actually was very, very, very surprised and happy with how much different stuff that we had. Yeah, so I think the first real upset of the week, maybe the biggest one, Trig. Oh, Our biggest oh, upcoming star. Biggest one. Upcoming stars is that team that people like to be M. And I mean, to, for, to their credit, all right, I give upcoming stars a lot of credit because they have lost every game up until the one that they took off of Trig. Sure. Um, every single game. And people have been objective about it and not so nice about it in the sense that, like, look, they're bad. Right? Or at least that's what the conversation was about. The conversation was, you know, the roster swap, they look better than they used to, but they're still clearly the worst SPL team. And you know how they responded? Thank you for the support for those that support us. We're going to try harder next week. Keep going. There was no this salty, like, every time I look at chat, y'all hate. Or, like, I can't go on Reddit or or Twitter because y'all hate. They were just like... I just remember the only time I were ever was spoken to by upcoming stars was like Flare Boot and Irons and and Frosty would just be like, "Thanks for the kind words on stream, dude." Like, <laughs> yeah, they always had actually. There's one problem. other. There's one other thing that they said publicly. What they say? They said it's pronounced Cherio. <laughs> that's it. Like the only two things. Like thanks for the kind words and it's pronounced Cherio, and that's it. And they've done a really good job of being the bottom team in the league without, like, outwardly being very salty, which generally corresponds to inward saltiness, which generally corresponds to promptly disbanding and roster changing all over the place, and it's bad news. Right, but we've seen everything but the everything but that, actually. We saw a necessary roster change when their jungler went on to mm-hmm. join a, frankly, less than successful team. Shouts to Fails. Uh, he is now on Elo Fishers. I don't know if they're still doing it. I have no idea with Elo Fishers. But 
So they, uh, out of necessity, upcoming stars did a roster swap, and they just sort of like kept their nose to the grindstone, and they beat Trig, who Trig went to land. Trig is considered one of the better teams. Yeah, they were the second seed. Right. Yeah, they were considered one of the better teams, and I mean, that, that might be something we have to get into, but upcoming stars took a game off of Trig for whatever reason, and they now have a win, which is fun. Yeah, so here's the thing. <laughs> Well, two things. First of all, Trick's first game in the SPL was up against Fnatic. So the number two seed against the number one seed, and it's like, yeah, that's at best 60-40. That's at, right. like, at best for Trick, they've got a 40% chance to win. Probably, right? Uh-huh. Um, I'd say so. so. So they lost that, and it's like, well, okay. They lost it, but that's not unreasonable. It wasn't, like, a bad loss. They did buy Achilles Spear, and that was kind of weird. But, like... Maybe they know something we don't. Yeah, Zalea did it with Nemesis solo, right? So like, you gotta trust them a little bit, and you gotta believe exactly. in them. And then they lose to upcoming stars, and I believe they lost the second game of the uh, series, right? They did. Trick lost the second one. Yes. Yeah. So uh, maybe it was overconfidence going in. Maybe they made mistakes. Maybe someone got horribly sick and caught like. Let, let me- Measles let me, or something. Let me cut you off real quick. Well, just because the wrong guy. In, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Last point. Even when it's Trig versus upcoming stars, even when it's uh, God, who's analogy? AFK versus Enemy, which is sure. uh, Thursday, top to bottom. Right. Okay. You're talking ninety ten. You're talking eighty twenty. You're not yeah. talking a hundred zero. There is always exactly. a chance that the team can win. Huge point, and I mean, like we always thought, we always, we always talk about these teams sucking or being bad. But I mean, you also got to think about it. Like, I mean, the worst team in the NBA, MLB, NHL, or whatever is going to beat your team, and it's just and like the SPL is no exception. Like, stars and enemy are bad, but if you and your four friends team up, you're going to get shit on by these teams. Like, they're they're there's a reason they're here. Upcoming stars, even like. Even for teams like upcoming stars, since they've gone through two relegations, right? You can make the you can make the argument that they got lucky in the first split, right? You can't make that you can't make that argument anymore because they avoided relegation, right? They've been through the ringer, they've done it, and and I want to correct something that the wrong guy in chat said that uh that Trig was playing troll picks. It's incorrect. I spoke to Lobster uh, personally, and I think Lobster also put out a statement publicly saying that these are the picks that um, these are things that. Trig has tried in scrims, and they just didn't work out this time around. So, like, the whole Achilles spear into uh, weird soul in with, with Zelia and things like that, it's not a troll pick. It's just different. And different, and you got to push the push yeah. the envelope. you got to push the boundaries. Otherwise, you'll never grow as a team. Well, it's, it's also so, I mean, troll picks. A lot of things seem like troll picks right now, I think. Right, um, yeah. Right, Kabrakin. like sure, <laughs> Kabrakin. I mean, that makes sense at least because he got buffed a little bit. But well, well, what I'm saying is it makes sense to, to people yeah, like, yeah. at the top end of the spectrum. Sure. But when you see a game and they pick Kabrakin or Freya solo, you're like, you guys are trolling. But there's a thought process. Yeah, definitely. And part of that has to do with a. I think the meta right now, while a lot of people don't like it, it's very innovate. It, it's it's centered on innovation. It's centered on changing yes. what you do. Mm-hmm. Um. So when you go into a game and you run three Guardians, two Hunters, or you run uh, Athena mid, or you run Nuwa mid, you run something that's unexpected, that's probably something that your team actually thinks is good. 
Because if you're trolling in the SPL, you probably won't stay in the SPL. Unless you're so and, far ahead of everybody else that it doesn't matter. And no team is really like that. I mean, we see... You could, like, nine. maybe argue... Maybe argue Fnatic, but I think what makes them so far ahead is the way that they play in terms of, like, the picks that they do. Like, right. like everybody is sort of trying to guess towards the meta, and Fnatic's got it more right than the other teams, perhaps. Yeah, I mean, Fnatic... One of the, thing, one of the things that I've noticed about Fnatic in the past two weeks is that... They pick what they want. They just yeah. like Reels wants on her or maybe Rom. And we do that. Middle lane wants Giannis and we do that. Right? Like that's what they do. Yeah. Instead of like, hey, we're winning with this. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Let's so let's keep rolling with it, right? And that that's really fun, you know, and that's cool. But but like you said, I mean, one of the who is one of the most talked who is the most talked about solo leader right now, Craig, in North America? Aurora. Solo leader. Anatoly. I hate you. Uh, it's <laughs> Cyclone spin. spin. It's clearly Cyclone Spin. And he is a great player, and that's a different conversation. But part of what makes him win a lot is unpredictability. Part of what makes him win is the innovation, is the, I've never really played Guan Yu, but I'll do it, sure. Part of what makes him win is the Hunbat solo. It's the weird picks. It's the, it's the pushing on the envelope to try new stuff. And... That's what we've been seeing. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna stretch this a little bit and let me know how you feel about this. Nantan, who I have not traditionally agreed with recently. Um, sure. Nantan said something really smart because I was like, look, I don't think like even if you don't agree powerful. with him, he's the sort of person where you look at what he's saying, you're like, he's really smart. You might Sometimes. you might think he's an asshole. Sometimes. You might think he's yes. misled, but I think yeah. I think you have to think he's smart at the very least. Sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he definitely does. He, he's not a dumb person by any stretch of the imagination. Notre yeah. Dame, definitely a smart dude. Until you put him against that man. Sure. But what he said was, I, I tweeted out, I said something like, look, I don't think Neath is powerful enough to be first pick. I really just don't. And I maintained that. But what he said was, and I completely agree with it, is like, you know what? You're right. Neath might not be powerful enough to be first pick, but the ambiguity that Neath brings yeah. is powerful enough to be first pick. So when you pick it Neath, it's solo, mid, or hunter. It could be any of And wherever players. it goes, you can't really go that wrong with it. Right! And that's that's really more telling of the meta than anything else right now. It's all about ambiguity. It's all about this, like intelligence factor which personally a lot of people are talking down about the meta and that it's hunter specific and that's fine but i love that right now it's it's such a like cerebral game it's, it's all about that right it's all about ambiguity and picks and bands it's all about where is my bracket going and i think it's a huge part of what makes the good teams better and the uh the, the not so good teams worse is the flexibility in the picks and the ability to play different things, different places, that some some fans might count as troll. Yeah, I, I think, I, and I think that's also sort of the nature of uh, Smite, when there's any sort of innovation happening behind the scenes. It's kind yeah, of okay. no secret that teams innovate new, or create new strategies during scrims, but generally, like, during the SPL and blah, 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 you have a game yeah. every week, so it's a gradual innovation, and nothing really surprises you, right? Like, you see a team trending more towards Warriors, uh, TSM, with, like, the Trickstank lineup, like, EU TSM, right? Where it's mm -hmm. like, okay, they're running 
Guan Yu in support, and they're running Odin, yeah, yeah. and then like one day they run Herc, and you're like, well, that's not surprising because they've run <laughs> Guan Yu and Odin, and Sun Wukong. That's just what they do, right? Yeah. yeah. But when you have, there are two situations where I think innovation can look like short picks. Either one, when you go to a LAN after four weeks of like secret practice. Boot camp. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Boot camp practice. TSM and C9 have done this throughout every LAN in season one. Like All every the LAN. They pick something, fix and bands, so and the commentators are like, <laughs> I don't know where they're putting that. Yeah. Like, well, or I know where they're putting that, I just don't know why they think it's good. Is really, I think, yeah. the better the better point. Um, right. And then the other thing is, is snap innovation. Innovation that, like, someone just realizes, and I think that's what happened with the Guardian meta. Right? It, ha- yep. it was like a patch with, like, the Heartseeker buff and the Neath buff, and then, like, a few people realizing certain things, and then out of nowhere, bam, Guardian meta. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like, it's rough. I just... Where's the Thanatos? <laughs> <laughs> this is literally where executes come into play, yeah. and everybody's like, Thor is still the guy. <laughs> right? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure on the Thor pick. To be honest. What I mean, so I mean, it's it's right now we're in a very like a like, very, I, don't, like I don't mind situation. Yeah, and I think I think part of it. So one example, uh, enemy versus eager, uh, is when a when a meta changes so abruptly, you have to make the right uh, adjustments, which I think right. teams have now. But at the time, like enemy ran Thor into us both games, and we had like Ymir Athena, mm-hmm. rip spinning. Like, you're, you're never going yeah. to spin. Like, yep. he couldn't even just do a regular... He couldn't even jump up in the air and do a 360. He'd get frozen. And, I mean, I think that's what separates... I think that's what separates the, the higher end from the lower end. Not talking about enemies specifically, but the thought processes of these teams. Yeah. Um, a lot of times, one of the quick go-to... Or at least for me, maybe... maybe I haven't said it a lot on broadcast, but one of the quick... Uh, Differences between high end and low end came is the ability to close the game, right? At uh, the very end of For the sure. game, if you watch, if you watch upcoming stars' win or another or or a lower seeded team with an upset victory or just a win in general, you're going to see them win in 35 minutes or so because it's going to take a couple of attempts to kill the titan. Whereas most of the professional teams, the higher end teams, will win in 25 to 29 minutes. 29 is our average game length right now, so uh, it. Ending the game is very difficult for the lower end teams, and beginning the game is also very difficult because Thor is the best jungler. Duh, that's what you pick. Why? Don't ask me that. Thor's the best jungler. That's what everybody picks. Yeah. Whereas the smart teams will say, Thor's the best jungler, so we'll pick things against that Thor. Like when we can just prioritize Thanatos every time Thor's picked. Did it sure. work out all the time? No. Is the thought process correct? 100% yes. Right? So, I mean, that's the kind of thinking that the lower-seeded teams don't do. And I think that's what we're going to see as the SPL gets bigger and more mature, is that the game will transition from a pick-what's-OP to a more cerebral, like, picks-and-bans phase. So, Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. Trig versus upcoming stars. Just sort of final concluding thoughts. First of all, Congrats to upcoming stars. Uh, if they end the season with one more win, they officially beat Thirst. If they don't, they're yep. officially tied. And me sort still looking for that first win. On a serious note, it was a pretty spectacular victory um, for them. I think it really rejuvenated them. And it's also... 
like the first game we've seen them play since pretty substantial roster changes. So, like, they drop their jungler fails, I believe, and they move yeah. their support jungler and put in Q in, and then they played games against teams they weren't supposed to beat, like the top three right. teams in the region. You weren't going to see Upcoming Stars beat them. Exactly. Started the split. Well, they get the relegations fine. Started the split. They take a game off of Trig. That's pretty big. Who did they face last week? Uh, last week, they faced Epsilon, and they lost yeah. both games. Yeah, and so that's not surprising either. Though Epsilon did suffer an upset this week, um, I think I think Stars, like, losing to Epsilon is not surprising. So, But maybe we'll see them do well against teams like Night's Watch and mm-hmm. other, other lower-end uh, teams in the league. Who? Night's Watch, man, they are the... Night's Watch has surprised me in yeah. the wrong direction. Yes. I I have been flying the colors of Night's Watch since their inclusion and relegations. So, like, let, let's talk, let's just, talk about Why the, are they so bad? Let's talk about the good of Night's Watch first. Like, you look at the team, okay. and, and what do you think you see on that? Because I feel like you see NQ, a fantastic... Like, one of the OG solo laners at this point, right? Like, he was your guy when it came to solo lane rotations. That what That's what right. he did. You see... Uh, Wolf Velo Street, who's an up-and-coming support. You see Zindern, who's a jungle veteran. And... I don't know, like, that that's sort of, like, the advantages uh, of this team. Uh, I want to say... Team even. I also want to say... Yeah, Moex as well. Moex is... has always been the scariest hunter. Carino, I classic role player. Yeah, Team Coast never really lost a game. Didn't like Carino's not gonna win a game. Like just on paper, as you said, yeah. Carino's not gonna win a game for you anytime soon. But he's certainly not gonna lose it. NQ is an old school Michael Jordan. Wolf of Elo Street is up and comer. Zindern Zindern is probably like the weakest character as far as superlatives are concerned. But even he has SPL experience. I right? feel like so, I like, feel like Knox in the end though is a team that is based around their junglers. Like, they, they they play around the jungler in terms of where they pressure on the map, uh, mm-hmm. how they make their plays, etc. Despite the fact that Zinder is not their carry, I think he's sort of the helmsman, right? He's spe- he's steering the boat. Sure. The problem yeah. is his combined kill death is 3 and 29. Well, I mean, this is also, unfortunately, what... We've come to expect it of Zindern. I mean, Zindern was on a Challenger Cup team that I can't recall and wasn't doing super hot. Got the chance to come up and help Team Coast um, in the SPL last uh, last season mm-hmm. and kind of dropped the ball. Like, I just, I think that Zindern needs a little bit more work. I just don't think he's strong enough to be the character that Night's Watch needs him to be. If you look at the slash lines, NQ and Moex consistently become uh they, they they consistently are are positive nq even more so than moex so i mean it's not really but we're not seeing the 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 catalyst conversion right we're seeing all this power being generated in the hunter and solo lane roles and then it's not being converted into mechanical force it's just like a breakdown um and that handoff of the game is really what in my opinion is, is hurting the night's watch there's just not enough NQ and Mogs aren't doing anything with the leads that they're able to be getting. Uh, it's sort of like Jeremy and Enemy Esports. Uh, trust me, I am 
I am always down to talk negative about Jeremy, but I think that recently Jeremy has been actually doing what he's supposed to be doing. Um, but the old takeaway, which doesn't apply anymore for Jeremy, is you know, he used to give Jeremy six, eight kills, and he wouldn't be able to do anything with it, would no. not be able to carry the game with it, right? Now, as I said, Jeremy's been performing 10 points to him, but I think that's what we're seeing right now out of NQ and Moex. You're giving them, NQ is ending games 5 1 in assists, right? Moex is winning games 6 and 4. Right, and they're not doing anything with it. NQ, especially out of the solo lane, we see that happen all the time. Teams just carry out of their solo lane, and NQ, for whatever reason, is not able to do so. What, in your opinion, Kret, what is that? I think I think it's a breakdown. I haven't like I haven't gone over the replays with a fine tooth comb, uh, partially because I'm bald and I don't have one. <laughs> just kidding. I've got a beard comb. Anyway, <laughs> uh, right. I feel like you're right about NQ and Moex. I feel like it's not that it's not that they aren't able to carry the game with their leads. It's mm-hmm. that like they aren't able to carry the game with their leads. Like there's something happening that might be them. It might be the support. Might be the jungle. Might be the mid. Might be synergy. Could be anything. But there's something that's stopping Nice Watch as a whole from transitioning their advantages into leads right exactly and And that's an abstract principle that or an abstract concept where like you need a good coach to be like yo that's uh, i just yeah i don't know i i wish them all the best like i really want this is the team that i wanted to i wanted this team to do really well i i put night's watch and legion on the same level and by that i mean that i think that i thought that Legion and Night's Watch would quickly become a number three team, right? I think that, you know, I think that Cloud9, TSM, and AFK in North America are very, like, they're one and two, depending on the day, and Legion would just join that conversation. And I felt like the same was true over in Europe. You had Fnatic, who was just going to be, hey, what's up, Onreals? I play golf, whatever, mate. And then you have people fighting over that number two, number three spot, and it would be um, Wolf of Elo Street or uh, Night's Watch. And it's just not Night's Watch, and I feel so silly. I just, I don't know what it is, and I hold no ill will towards Zindern. I don't terribly dislike him as an individual or as a player. I like his style. I like watching Fenrir. But frankly, Kret, I have never seen a team succeed with Zindern on it. Agilitas became the team that we know after Zindern left. To be Coach fair, though. Part after Zindern joined. Like, just, I've never seen him succeed. Agilitas, I think... I think Agilitas is, like, a special case, and you can't really, you can't really, like... And I don't think this is what you're doing, but just, like, to clear it up, I don't think you can be like, yeah, Zindern left and the team became good, right? Instead, it's just, right. like, yeah, sure. they got Repikas and... They kicked it into high gear and they grinded and they like all these other things. Um, at the same time, though, yeah, Zindern hasn't performed in the SPL and I hope it's not getting to him. I guess is sure. like I want to see I want to see everyone in the SPL perform, but I really want to see Zindern perform, especially on Fender. I want Fender to like come into the meta and Zindern to be like, "Yo, this is my meta." I mean, be dope. I mean, yeah, it 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 
Fenrir is adapting, made it work. And I mean, a lot of that has to do with, a lot of that has to do is, is you know, with uh, if you, there's a Ymir and Athena on the other team, you know how you can't spit on Thor? You can't do shit on Fenrir either. But, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it depends. And I think Zindern works well with that sort of early game jungler, yada, yada, yada. So who knows? Maybe we can see stuff in the future. As you said, it's not always cut and dry as Zindern equals bad for a team. I just have never seen Zindern yeah. succeed on a team. And I think that that is not a end of the conversation, but it's something to bring to the party. It's definitely a bullet point. I mean, it ha- like yeah. it's, it's something, something is there. It's right? correlation. Exactly. And I mean, to be completely fair, we said the same goddamn thing about DJ Pernicus for like two years. Yeah. And now hey, Legion hell, is finally. You know what? Him. We said the same goddamn thing about Annister. Landinster. <laughs> no, no, not even Landinster. Like, we said the same goddamn thing about him right up until they became Exertus. Right? Like, yeah, sure. he, he did okay on BLG, but he didn't shine. He did okay on uh, Dignitas. I think mm-hmm. they were digging to us at the time. Maybe it was they were, maybe they were still rude. By the way, he did okay, but he didn't shine. And then Exertus happened, and they became yeah. Cog, and now they're Cloud Nine, and <laughs> Anninster is still really good. So who knows? Who knows what could happen? But right now, I think Zindran still has something to prove, and you know, I just hope he's moving in the right mm-hmm. direction mentally and in terms of his play. Um, your burrito's done. Yeah, it's my, my, I, I don't know anybody in Maryland. Sounds like somebody that would call crap. <laughs> I don't, I know someone that's moving to Maryland. I don't know anyone in Maryland. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so, so Night's Watch is really, really disappointed in, in general. And, you know, I was a really hard backer of this team. I, I still think they mm-hmm. can succeed. It's a seven week play period. And we're two weeks in, so week three starts over on, on Thursday. So, you know, taking a look at the upcoming schedule, Night's Watch is going to have to play Titan. Uh, Night's Watch is going to have to play London Conspiracy. Night's Watch is going to have to play Trig. So, I mean, with those three weeks in mind, I think that Titan will be rough. I think they're going to lose those. I think London Conspiracy and Trig are two good spots for Night's Watch to be in. All right, so let's move on to, to the second day of this week's SBL, where we had two... Pretty interesting upsets. Uh, London Conspiracy taking a game off of Epsilon mm-hmm. was not really something that I expected. Okay. Um, I think, because the thing is, a lot of people, from my understanding, were saying that um, Epsilon is like one of the top EU teams. Uh, and it was hard to see that because they were in the Challenger Cup, you know, blah, 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 no basis for comparison. And London Conspiracy is not. I think they're in the point where, like, they're in the running for someone who compete. They're definitely yeah. not on the list of people to be relegated. Um, yeah. You know, and maybe they could make it to land. Maybe they could yeah. do what AFK did in the first split. Um, I and I think that's where they are right now. Them taking a game off of Epsilon kind of changes that for me. I think they might be uh, a step higher than that, which is very interesting. Um, okay. And it's also, I mean, another point just, you know, about London Conspiracy, uh, playing in the Omen Challenge, I think really <laughs> is one of the first times that we've seen EU Smite players be really, really marketable, which is awesome. 
Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, that, that was one of the things that I said a lot, maybe to myself, uh, with this with this LC roster. Yeah. It's just Sun Touch obviously is going to be marketable. And yeah, he's the that, exception to that. Yeah, and like what we mean by that, folks, is it, it's very much about the sport. It's very much about you know the the wins and losses of the game, but. You also have to think about that whole marketability stuff. I mean, you, you right. look at a team like Eager, and, you know, I, I hate to blow smoke up your ass because you're on the show, but you look at a team like Eager, and you've got Zapman, you've got Lazes, they both streamed incredibly high numbers. Toli has his own smaller following, right? And then the rest of the team still does their thing, like Dare to Care streams, and, and Aurora doesn't really stream, but people sort of like him. And, and does I thing. stream sometimes, and I do this great talk show, and look, we have these cool little wristbands, and Eager's really yeah. a great band with a great house, and there's a pond out there. <laughs> it's really great. Florida's wonderful. Uh, but so so that's a big part of it. Being able to sustain both your image and your gameplay is big because it is, straight up you're not going to make a successful living just by being an SPL player. Uh, you need to do other things, yeah. right? And so you take a look at some of these other European teams who have all unfortunately been on the lower end of that side of things. You know, uh, you, you take a look at Dig, and Dig is a team full of people that are nice and cool, but... I mean, Young Bay just streams call, call, uh, Counter Strike all day, and Variety, Frosty X, Shadow Nightmare, and Frezzy just don't. You know, and you take a look at Trig, and it's sort of the same thing. They don't really stream. You know, there, there is no sort of market, but you get this Sun Touch dude. Um, you see, and then as you said, the Omen Challenge, that was a lot of fun. You get to see that, like, Shaggy Shank and Emil's, you like, fun dudes to hang out with. That's a big part of it. I like that. And yeah, totally. That can also, like, lead to good mind like, like having your brain in the right spot right Craig? yeah totally i mean it's really just important from like i don't really want to make this about publicity but that's sort of what it's about sure. like it's important exactly. to realize that that's an important part of the profession you know not you you have to you have to really think about what you're focusing on at the time like for the players of the night's watch right now they need to focus on their play but to an extent, you have to spend some time also on your public image. I think balancing right. that, for example, is something that uh, Weekend and Incon are doing very well right now. Yeah, and also I, I, not I, everyone has to choose to do that as well. Yeah, and I think I think that a team like I think a team like Eager sort of like goes above and beyond, and it's cool to have all your dudes doing it. But a team like AFK or Cloud Nine is really cool. You've got you got Jeff and you got Jeff and Barracuda that like stream and make YouTube videos all the time, right? And then like Andy kind of does his thing and the rest of the team like Omega kind of does his thing, right? And, and I think that's cool. So having London Conspiracy be another team I think is is big for the SPL. Will it affect LC in their own roster? It's a, sure. But will it affect like Smite's overall footprint? Hell yeah. You know when I like buy some when I buy Gatorade there's Gatorade sits there and they have to talk about how many hundreds of football players they have to whittle it down to put a player on their like Gatorade bottle because everybody's marketable, right? Even League of Legends. When Vitamin Water wanted to put Medios on a bottle, like there was a bunch of dudes to pick from, right? Yeah, you yeah. Dude, but, you know, there's like And a it's, it's not even just like TSM Cloud 9. You could go to like Voiboy. He's marketable. He's a hell of a yeah. marketable. Void Boy, like, hasn't... I mean, I'm not the closest LCS follower, but, like, Void Boy hasn't won anything in a long-ass time, and I still know who he is, yeah. right? Like... <laughs> it's it's the cuteness factor to me. 
you know? So, I mean, like, that's a big part of the game as a whole. And I think it's really cool that, that um, we got a, to be a part of that HP thing and, and LC is, you know, it's not just the uh, get Laz's team and the world champion launch team, right? Yeah. Like, there's now a thought process, which is, I think it's awesome for the actual uh, SPL. So that's that's always fun. But move, and so I actually want to talk about this before we move on. Epsilon versus LC. You thought that was an upset that LC took a game off. So where do you yeah. put Epsilon in the grand scheme of things? Well, I thought I thought I thought it was. We didn't know what to think of Epsilon, right? Like there were rumors that a lot of people. I'm going to say rumors because mm-hmm. I'm in North America. But there were rumors that they were, you know, considered top of top of the uh, bracket in terms of the SPL up there with Fnatic sure. and Split One Trig and where Trig should be, I guess is a better way to put that. Um, and their first game was against Stars. They won that. Not surprising. Their second game was against London Conspiracy. You'd be like, okay, that that's going to be closer than against Stars, right. but they should win. And then they didn't. And so maybe it's an indicator that Epsilon isn't as highly ranked as we thought, or maybe it's an indicator of, you know, like I said, you have you have like a 65-35 matchup, and they got the 35 that time. Yeah. So I actually think that I consider Epsilon one of the top teams in Europe, uh, both from what I've seen in the Challenger Cup, what I've seen in the SPL, and just what I know of the players. I think that they're, I think they're all generally good players. So I think that Raffer has really made a, a, a transition in the support role pretty well. Um, and, I mean, the commentators do a fantastic job of not shutting up about adapting, myself yeah. included. I think he's... and He's and so good. Once, That's one of those players once, that maybe eventually he'll be marketable. Right now we're just going to talk about him enough that it doesn't matter. Right. And, I mean, for once, I feel like it's justified, like, how much we... Cause it, Commentators get a lot of snap for, for talking about the same stuff, but I think that adapting is is warranted. It like every time he has picked a god that he can do things with, he wins the game for his team. Like he just does. He tried Serket, and that's the game they lost. And Serket is a later game guard uh, character than uh, as opposed to the the Belotas and the Fenrirs that he normally plays. So yeah, it's a different you know, yeah, Sir Kent is sort of like wait till Deathbringer. Well, the the thing about the Sir Kent, so like Sir Kent's interesting because there's a chance that something goes wrong early on. Sir Kent gets a kill and then she just wins the game. Yep. I think that's a lot, <laughs> a lot of why she's banned. But then there's also like okay, if that doesn't happen, you kind of have to get somewhere first. And adapting never finished his crit item. Exactly. Like, just, so you're exactly. just. Woo. Yeah, so I mean, I think with with adapting on the team, I think with with Raffer on the team, I think there's a lot of good on this team. I think there's certainly more good than bad, and I think this is an upper echelon European team. I think that part of the part of the growing pains of transitioning from the Challenger Cup to the Pro League is structure. It's two games, right? All you do is play two games, so you have to be a little hot coming into it, right? You, you like. Yeah. Whether you warm up or not is individual based. Not everybody needs to warm up or not. But I mean, like, I know me personally, which has nothing to do with pro play. I can't boot up Smite and play a game. Yeah, you right? can't. You can't wake up five minutes before the game. Exactly. So there has to be some sort of preparation beforehand. It's scheduled. I remember that chat. You can't wake yeah, up five I, minutes before a game and expect to win. So I mean, like, you know, there's there's different format situations coming to the SPL, and there's also different meta 
By meta, I don't mean like get two hogs so you don't get invaded in the solo lane. By meta, I mean just like the, the overall pick ban process, the overall like you know who you're going to play. LC spent a week looking at Epsilon specifically, right? Like that's that's what happens in the SPL. So part of that, I think that I think that Epsilon is a stronger team than London Conspiracy. I don't think that London Conspiracy is a slouch, and I think mm -hmm. that they've definitely earned their win in week two. But I think that that has more to say about Epsilon adjusting to the SPL than Epsilon being worse or losing to London Conspiracy, sure. if that makes any sense. Sure. Okay. Let's hop the pond. Um, we'll do Cogversy 9. Cogversy 9. Okay. I want to do C9 and... Because I sort of had this figured out. So, week one, Legion vs. Cog. I think this was, like, by far the closest game in, a that in NA that week. Maybe you could argue AFK TSM, but yeah. I think just, like, looking at the teams, you're like, Legion C9, I don't know who's going to win. Right? When you're looking at AFK oh, TSM... Legion vs. Cog? Or, yeah, sorry. Legion vs. Cog, you look at the game, you're like, I don't know who's going to win. Whereas I think for AFK TSM, you're like, I think I know who's going to win. You might not sure. agree with your friend about it, but, you know, you probably know. So, I feel like Legion Cog was supposed to be pretty close, and it wasn't Legion won that hard. We have very different opinions on Legion. I think Legion is... I would say the exact same statement you said backwards. I think that AFK versus TSM is too close to count, right? And mm. that Legion versus Cog, like, Legion is clearly the winner. Not only is Legion clearly the winner... But Cog is clearly the loser. At the I mean, same they... time, though, and I don't know how to say this without sounding like a douchebag, but... It happens. I'm the coach for the team that, like, has just been beating Legion, right? Yeah. So that that colors my opinion of them. Now, maybe sure. we just have their Achilles heel. I don't know. But, okay. Well, I mean, I, I do know. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> but, like, I think that colors my opinion of them. Um, I I thought Cog was gonna look pretty good, either way. I I disagree. I just okay. I I like the dudes on Cog. I actually I I've had a lot of conversations with Herwind and Meerkat, and I uh, have been like longtime scene interactors. Like friends is probably a strong word, but we always wind up in like either each other's chat mm -hmm. or like chats at the same time. And like he's a cool dude, right? I don't really know famous hate. I've always rooted for Homie Effie, and Bickham seems to be a cool dude. But I just don't think the talent level is there for this team. And I think that the constant swapping of rosters, even though it's not their fault, yeah. is not conducive to winning. Like week one, you know the best player on your team mask? He's gone. Week two, I don't know if Jigs was the best player on your team, but he's gone too. Like, you yeah. just keep losing people. And that's really and, unfortunate. And exactly. That like, said, consistency though, is a huge part of it. Are we going to see season one thirst? Like, because, all right, they didn't, get, they didn't get the win the first game of the I season so. like Thirst did. And their, their, um, their schedule isn't as hard, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's, it's COG vs. Legion, it's COG vs. C9, and they lost that. COG vs. Denial. I, th I think that's probably in favor of Denial. And then you have COG vs. Enemy, and it's like, well, okay, COG should win that. But at the same I time... Think... I... 
I think COG could have a lot of trouble. I think we could see continued roster changes. I think this team could have a very hard time. Yeah, I, I think the team is volatile. I, I just don't think that there's like... Like I said, I, I think I don't think there's enough talent on this roster to begin with. And if you go ahead and roster change, all of the other things that don't have to do with talent don't like Rome wasn't built in a day and a team synergy is not built in a week. And whatever change has to or could be made to cognitive gaming won't be able to the, the cracks won't be able to be glued up quick enough for it to actually mm. matter. In my opinion, I think Meerkat on this team is very strong. I think Meerkat is probably one of the stronger players on the team. And I think Homie Effie in the jungle was very strong. Outside of that, like Famous Hate isn't Famous Hate, her win to role players. They're not bad people, but they, they can get beaten lane. I haven't seen enough of Bickham at an SPL level to really make any sort of like statement about it. Yeah, yeah. I just think that COG needs more. And as you said, you rattled off their 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 schedule. The only team that I see Cog even close to beating is enemy esports. And with that said, enemy is sort of where Cog wants to be. Enemy has this lineup that isn't the strongest as far as talent is concerned, right? You have Austin the Max, who is just like, I think Austin the Max is a great player. I think he is one of the better rookies. I don't think, like, if adapting is a 10, which, you know, we're just making him arbitrary 10. Then also the max is like an 8 or a 9, right? So he's not as close to breaking out of the scene as as adapting is. But I think he's very strong and can be a cornerstone of this team. With that, you've got Soul Shiner, who's always sort of been like the coin flip, right? He either wins the game or it doesn't. Jeremy, who I've never liked but has done very well, so I'm starting to like him. As far as gameplay is concerned, talking gameplay here, folks. Uh, Jeremy has really performed last week. Um, and Maddie Pocket, I will always talk well about when it comes to um, gameplay. And Vicium has shown good stuff. This is a team that has enough, but they're not synergized yet. And I think that later on down down the roll, the road, that they could see could see success. It's sort of mm-hmm. like. You take a look at the schedule and you scroll down to like week seven and you see enemy versus Legion. I think that enemy versus Legion right now, Legion wins. But enemy versus Legion in week seven, I can't call that. Whereas COG now loses against whoever the hell they play. Week seven, yeah, I mean, just regardless, whoever they play, Mm -hmm. even if it's the bottom seed enemy, I think COG loses. With With five more weeks in the lab trying to fix things, I don't think that they can stop the bleeding. I think they need to make too many changes to really be that team that they need to be in week seven. So unfortunately for COG, my closing statement on them is I just, I think their season is over before it began. And it's very unfortunate. That is pretty unfortunate. Um, All right. So eager versus denial Uh, game one, that invade though. (laughs) Man. Um, Nuwa, in the right situation at level 1, can win you a game, because roots are really good. Uh, I, I think, I think the story, uh, alright, so Meerkat, well, for Cog, Meerkat, back to sto- solo. So there's a lot going on, they're roster changing, and, man, I hope they work it out. Just, like, last thoughts on Cog, I hope they work it out, but yeah. roll swaps after roll swaps is not sounding good, you know? Exactly. That's what I mean. I mean, Meerkat and Soul Lane, I think that's better for them. I think Meerkat, like I said, I think Meerkat is one of the premier players on that team 
frankly. Uh, so I'm happy that he's back in his natural position. But, you know, it's just I, I think things need to settle down before they can solidify. I, I, that's sort of like, you know, there's steps in building a team, right? You, like, get your roster and then you suck and then you keep sucking and you get good, right? Yeah. And you need to get your roster before you can suck, unfortunately. So I think that COG... I don't think COG... I think that COG and Enemy are very similar teams. And Enemy... And the difference between them is that Enemy has a roster that needs to play together, and COG needs to find that roster. If they come in next week, I think I think week four is probably their absolute last chance. Mm-hmm. But if they come in next week, week three, with a roster that they feel confident in, and they are ready to just assess their situation, I think they can tread water. And I think they can stop the bleeding. But... It's a deadline. I think it's I think it's a week three soft deadline and a week four hard deadline. We already hit the iceberg. So I wish them luck. And I think that putting Meerkat back at the soul lane is a good look. But unfortunately, I there's not a team in North America that I think is uh, weaker than them, including enemy esports. So uphill battles for COD. Let's see what happens, uphill, man. Uphill, yeah. Uphill battles for COG, especially, you know, against Cloud9. Like, sort of what we were talking about. COG and Cloud9, COG's not supposed to win that. So I'm not going to, like, you can't look at that matchup and really, like, judge. I think we look at COG versus Denial in Week 3, and we look at, more importantly, COG versus Enemy in Week 4. COG versus Denial is probably 70-30, right? Denial's a strong team, not the strongest yeah. team, and COG might have a chance. How do you feel? I think it's... I, I, I don't even know who is uh, stronger between COG and Enemy. I think it's really hard to say. Uh, you know, it's Meerkat's yeah. side. They're, they're moving people around again. And I don't know. Maybe that'll be maybe that'll bump them above. Maybe that'll keep them down. I don't know. And, yeah, I mean, Enemy. Did Soul Shatter, like, leave that team? Birdie left the team. I don't know if that's actually. I don't think so. I, I think haven't so. heard anything about it. Okay. I haven't heard anything about it. I don't know. Maybe it was just a rumor or something. Uh, it seems like Jerby. Did you hear that thunder? Dude, I thought that was like a Reaper for Mass Effect. <laughs> Dude, that's getting shit out of me. <laughs> Anyway. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, yeah, so. And I don't know. Enemy. It's hard to say. I want to see them play next week before I form my opinion. I think... Who's their game next week? Enemy vs. AFK on Thursday. I think they'll probably lose. Uh, that goes without yeah. saying, but the question is how they lose. And, sure. you know, we'll see what happens yeah. there. Yeah, I mean, like, like I said, I mean, Adoro's asking in chat, and basically, like, I don't have, a, I don't have faith in week one or week two enemy. I don't know. If, mm-hmm. I don't have faith in week three enemy versus AFK. Yeah. Do I have faith in week five enemy versus denial? Yes. I think that's the. I think that's the change because you're right. They got bodied and they barely won against the Challenger Cup team. But I think there, there was enemy esports was like they were switching around their guardian. Like Jeremy was fresh to the team and like not doing it right. I think Jeremy's playing better. Part of that has to do with Soul Shiner and Jerby being on the same, like, page. Also, the Max is back. They're not fucking around with Mr. Mackey or whatever. No offense to him. I just think Austin the Max is just better. 
<laughs> like, I think he's just better. You know, I think they have their roster, and it's time to just, like, put it in the microphone. Is Mr. Mackey actually the coach for Cloud9, by the way? I That's what I've heard. Because he says he is on Twitter. It's just like... I've heard that. And I mean, like, so... I think that there are... So, for what it's worth, Hi-Rez doesn't, like... At the moment, there is no coach role in Smite. Yeah, there's right? a sub, Hi -Rez that's is it. not... Yeah, Hi-Rez doesn't recognize coaches yet, so there's that. And I stress yet. Um, so, I mean, that might answer some of your questions that we haven't really touched on about Jigs just piecing the fuck out. Um, yeah. And rosters, and, like, roster locks or whatever. There is no official coach in Smite, so there's that. Um, with that said, I think there's also two different types of coaches. I think there's hands-on coaches like you, Cret, who... That's right, where I make my, I make my team food. Sure. We're like, I mean, a big part of what you do is, make is strategies and picks and bans and builds and, and, and numbers and intense stuff like that. I think there's also off hands-off coaches, which are sort of like, nobody else is going to do this homework. So when you go, so let me tell you that Mace in the Face plays ISIS seven times in an eight-week yeah. split. Sure. You know, like, that guy that brings you your information. Yeah, Adonis, like, if hey, look, this... Uh... Mace of the Face has been mostly playing Isis in ranked, so they'll probably play Isis. Stuff like right, that. Yeah. Right. So like I can see Mr. Mackey doing that sort of thing. I don't you know, I and to be fair, I don't maybe he does more. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um but there is, you know, as far as being a relevant coach, there's a it doesn't take a whole lot to be valuable to a team, frankly. Uh you could go above and beyond like what you do, Cret. But I think that you can Help a team a lot by just bringing what the other team picks, right? Like I think, that, yeah, totally. You know, so I, th I I think that's sort of what goes on with with Mr. Mackey there. But I I think I think uh, enemy looking at them now, I think they just need to keep doing what they're doing, and they might see some success. Maybe they the can grow. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We'll see. It, it, and that you know, there are a lot of things involved, attitude, etc. Um, they didn't do it split one. Maybe they could do it split two. So, sure. yeah, Eager versus Denial. Um, man, you, I think you have to take the lead on this one. I like. I had, I had, I had Eager 2-0 here. Yeah, um, I think I, I, I did too. <laughs> Denial did wound up taking one. And this was, I think, one of the best. This was one yeah. of the best series we've seen. Uh, because Denial sort of, like, did what they do. They try to do the early game, and then Eager makes them pay. And then Eager sort of do, does what they do. They try to do the team comp, and, like, Denial just makes them pay. It was really cool. I think sure. these teams are more evenly matched than I initially thought. I thought the Eager was a much more complete team than Denial. Um, but I think less that – I think the story here is less that Eager is not as strong as we thought. But I think the story is more about Denial is stronger than yeah. I personally. Well, and I think part of it, just like, why did Denial win that game? Well, we made mistakes, for sure, right? Sure, and yeah. one of those mistakes, among quite a few, that was not a clean second game, resulted in them having left Phoenix down and right Phoenix down. And with Denial's comp, that's their win condition. Exactly. Once they get left and right Phoenix down, you have a less than 10% chance of winning if you're the other team. And yeah. We held for a while, but and, and it was tense. It was tense. It was a good game, but eventually it just didn't work. I mean, denial. Denial won that game based on technicality is the wrong word, but I can't think of the word. Where like smite games are won off of the ripple effects of winning a fight. Or the butterfly effect. Yeah. 
And game two had nothing to do with that. Game two was uh... Baskin to... But game two is Baskin Robbins going negative and split pushing, right? So they won. Yeah. They won via like, like I said, it's not a technicality, and I think you know exactly what I mean by it's definitely not a technicality. They won fair and square, but like they didn't win traditionally, right? Like yeah. they won in like that weird split pushy, which it's, people will probably say cheese. I think it's exciting. I I, 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 I think it's exciting too, but yeah, I want to put it like. I don't know, it sounds like proxy stargating in StarCraft, right? Like, yeah. it's cheese, it's not how you're supposed to win, but you could totally win that way, and if you do, dude, good job. Exactly. At the it's, same it's time, I think that's also, cheese. like, that's denial, right? They yes. invade, yes. they split push, they'll hit you with that cheese, but... It, it's I respect cheese, right? Condition. Like, cheese yeah. is a word that has a bad connotation, and in Smite, I don't think it needs to. I think it, like could totally work for you. In Denial, they're the cheese kings, man. There's a Magic the Gathering card called Battle of Wits, where, and you play it, if you have more than 200 cards in your lot in your library, thank you so much for the subs, nice. If you have more than 200 cards in your library, you win the game. So what happens is magic decks will be built with a bazillion cards and all of them are like, find that card. And then you play it and you win, right? It's not yeah. bringing somebody down to zero HP. Magic is basically Hearthstone for people that don't know, right? It's an alternative win condition. It's not cheesy because it's not like spamming punch when somebody's against the wall, right? Like there's so many ways to beat it. There's yeah. so many ways to beat a split pushing Loki. It's not cheesy like Nuwa was, but... Right. It's just not the normal way you see Smite Games 1. So I sure. think it's cool. And, and you're 100% right, Cred. I love that you said it's delight. It's, it's, it's delightfully denial to see a game won that way. Like, you look at their, you look at their slash slides. Mace went 2 and 5. Jungle went 5 and 6. Solo went 4 and 5. And they won. Yeah. <laughs> And that's, to that's be really fair, cool. the only reason their slash lines were negative because I think Lasses had one of the best games of like the split so far on that position. Lasses like, did fantastic. The best, the best part about comms, and so there was this mid fight where like Nemo goes down and Gibbs out of position, and he's caught in a whirlpool. He gets down to twenty percent health, but Lass doesn't crack right. in, and Deer's like, Lass, you should have cracked in there, and Lass is like, yeah, I should have. <laughs> and then 30 seconds later, he gets a four-man Kraken, and Dara's like, all right, never mind, take back everything I ever said. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, like everything homie was on fire. Doing, everything was doing what it's supposed to do. Like, seeing Dare to Care with a 2-3-16 slash line is ideal, right? And the nemesis in the jungle? Yeah. That's what you want. Like, this is what you want out of Dare to Care's nemesis. Specifically, Dare's nemesis is supposed to be 2 3 At least the way he was building it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. And I mean, like, you know, speaking to Dare, that's sort of, like, what he, like, aims to do, you know? The, like I said, the, the, the combo was always just, like, let me take away their protections, you can just crack them in the face. Every time, and it worked. But Denial, like, won that game through brains, not brawn. And I think that's cool that that happens in Smite. Yeah, it is um, cool. I, I, I think that's really cool that that can happen. It's fine. I, I'm not like happy y'all lost. I'm sorry, Coach Cret. Nah. It is very cool that that's like a, an a acceptable like win condition of the game. So I was excited, and I don't think there was I don't think there was a like a a single person that watched that game, those two games that were like, man, 
I feel let down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Titan versus Dignitas. Hopping over to Europe real quick. Nox versus Fnatic. We don't need to talk about. That's not an upset. That's like not. That's Night's Watch versus Fnatic. Fnatic's gonna win. And they average hit. game length is twenty nine minutes. Yeah. Fnatic won both of those games in eighteen minutes or less. Yeah. <laughs> like they dropped the average win rate with that one. I think upset. Titan versus Team Dignitas. Once again, not so much of an upset, but there was something that pretty basically a throw. Uh, from Titan, right? So, or sorry, not from Titan, from Dignitas. So, from not as much as an upset in terms of like who should win <laughs> before the match, but an upset right. in terms of who should win during the match. Yeah, I mean, did you see Reddit the day after? Oh man, nah, did, no. I mean, Thank I God, because because I don't know now because I know that a lot of like pros and uh, even some of my coworkers don't specifically don't look at Reddit because like it's too hostile. So did you get? A, did do you look at Reddit? Did you get a chance to look at it the day after that match? Yo, actually, on Reddit, I do this uh, thread every week that gets over five hundred comments. Just do it. Just do it. And you're half of them. But just just do yourself. And I'm half of them. You can check out the uh, Smite Math and Theory Crafting AMA this week. I did it on stream. I'm gonna do that again next week. That was really cool. Um, I have to. You should check it out too. Yeah. I, every week, every week, I ask you about the new mage that has come out if they work in the soul lane. Unfortunately, Nox you know, is not a push. Does does though? <laughs> now that Ratatasker is the, uh, the the assassin, I can't ask you if he'll work. But it's funny. Um, yeah. Anyway, uh, what's it called? Yeah, the day after that Dignitas game, dude. Every like, it's funny because the Smite subreddit is. Very sometimes Smite subreddit cares about SPL and pro matches, and mm-hmm. other times they just want to show people their skin concepts, right? And like, dude, th- the first the first thread the first thread was like a picture of Young Bay talking about him throwing the game. The second one was the new HBO show called Game of Throws presented by Team sure. Dignitas. The third one was another image macro. Like Dignitas got shit on. I felt. Really? <laughs> it was one of those it was one of those things where you open up the Reddit and then you take out some marshmallows and you roast <laughs> them on the flames. Because the Reddit yeah. went in there and hopefully Dignitas can bounce back from that because it definitely doesn't feel good. Um, I mean, Dignitas has been... I mean, Bart calls them inconsistent. I just haven't seen the upside of that inconsistency. I've yeah. just seen them do not so hard. Or inconsistent within a game to the point where yes. like... They're, like, doing well, and then they do bad, and they lose because of it. It's like, shit. Yeah, and I mean, like, it goes back to me thinking that, like, th- them playing against the Poppies, they just didn't yeah. look good. Yeah. yeah they didn't. <laughs> Honestly, they probably just didn't practice. They're probably just like, yeah, we could beat the sixth seed yeah. team. And they had trouble. Yep. No, they, they they did. So I mean, Ding versus Titan. That one, the way I I had Titan go two zero. You know, I didn't really yeah. I didn't really think that Ding could. I mean, the vote was them. like seventy plus percent, but yeah, they threw a game for DR. I think week three is probably where Ding needs to look to win. If Ding doesn't beat London Conspiracy, I think that says a lot about their team. And yeah. just saying, look ahead to week four. I think Stars can beat them. I think Stars could beat them, yeah. I, I don't want to say can. Beat... I think it depends on how they play next week. Yep, yep. But I think they could. Yep. 
I mean, stars stars play against Fnatic, and I like this team, but I I, I anticipate two 18 minute wins from Fnatic. I don't think stars can yeah. hold a candle to Fnatic. So I think it's up to stars to. I mean, if you're on stars, you got to try to beat Fnatic, right? But I think it's really up to stars to just go into Thursday saying like. We'll see what happens. And then as soon as those two losses are over, just forget about it, play Rust, and prepare for Dignitas, right? Yeah. Like, as long as they don't let that Fnatic loss get to them, because I, like I said, my professional opinion, I think Fnatic's going to shit on Stars. I think Stars needs to just forget about it, look at Dig, and say, all right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I think Stars has a chance to win against Dignitas, and I think that will... I think the season is in Dig's hands. If they lose to SunTouch's team, that'll look really bad. And then Stars could take a game off of them. I think that could be pretty silly as well. All right, let's pop over to NA. Last game of the day. Uh, and um, <laughs> last game of the week as well. Legion versus AFK. Now, game one, Ally didn't win. They had to summon Sam True for AFK. <laughs> You know what's funny about this? Oh, baby Sammy! Not only is it baby Sammy, but Cyclone only woke up five minutes before the game. (laughs) And you know what else is funny about that? What? Wellplat only woke up five minutes before the game. Uh, And you know what else is funny about that? Salt Machine also didn't wake up. Five people slept in on their SPL game. So salt machine is he a sub or is he a main? He's their roster. He's their main roster, roster player. Well, maybe it's a six-person six roster. Right, let's call it five and a half. Salt machine was supposed to play. He didn't wake up. Wellplaid played instead. <laughs> to be fair, I think Wellplaid like is more on Legion than Samshu is on AFK, right? Like Samshu, oh, like they yeah. literally. Like, Kiki, like, phoned Samshu and was like, yo, you're playing in the SPL, right? I assume is what yeah. happened. Yeah. Whereas Wellplat is actually on Legion. Uh, <laughs> at the same time... At the same damn time! Both teams had people waking up, like, way too late. And I mean, that's, 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 that's rough, and like... Well, let me tell you, you know what? This is a coaching tip for all you guys. If you ever coach an SPL team, rule number one... Make your team have breakfast before the game. Seriously. Yeah, I mean that's, that's like no. Seriously, let's just perfect. yeah. I like I joined I mean, the team and we had their first game and I was like, all right, for this game, all y'all are gonna have breakfast. It's super. And it's important. funny because if if there's anybody that's in high school, right? If there's anybody that's in high school right now in our chat. You've heard this from your teachers a million times. Huh. And it's actually true. You like, know where I got that from? Because I teach SAT prep. Or I used it. Yup. That's right. <laughs> Have breakfast. Kelly says SAT that's morning right. routine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's it's a big part of it. you got to be ready. And I mean, it's a conversation about professionalism that doesn't need to be had. Because I don't think this was like egregiously unprofessional, right? Like, it happens once. Yeah. Oh, well. If we consistently see Allied missing game It's kind of funny then... that it did happen with, like, five people, but... Right, exactly. You know, if, if this becomes a habit, then we have that conversation. But here, I just say whatever. I, of course, think it's hilarious that the week before, Allied played at his old apartment on an unfamiliar setup when he's going to a wedding, and then the week that he's home, he can't play. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. I think that's so, like... <laughs> But, but you know, I don't I mean, like it, 
Go ahead. I don't Go think ahead. the upset had to do with the sub. Uh, obviously, obviously, like it might not have helped in terms of attitude and how people are feeling and stuff like that. Sure. But in terms of gameplay, Sam Shrew did fine. I mean, they they didn't. AFK lost uh, largely. I mean, everybody. The go-to Maddenism is that AFK lost because we can win 0-7 or whatever. But yeah. AFK lost partially because of the jungle, but I don't think it was as cut and dry as, like, we can sucks. Yeah. No, I mean, I like, that, he got invaded and first-blooded. Like... Exactly. As, I don't care who you are, you're gonna suck. And you're playing Nemesis, right? Yeah. It's not a character that's just like, oh, one death, no big deal. You can do that with some characters. Yeah. You can do that with a Thanatos or a Fenrir, right? You're just like, oh, well, I'll get back camps now. I'm still Thanatos, right? Nemesis, you're like, well, I'll be relevant in 20 minutes, guys. You know, like you're yeah. just kind of... And I mean, again, Aduro and DJ Pernicus destroyed it this game and this game i'm putting this out there this is what i said i had i had legion winning the first game afk winning the second one um i called this correct and i i i felt very strong i think that dj pernicus and aduro and the, the players on this team are players that come out of the gate swinging and afk have made a career on adjusting well that's how afk is denial they were an early game team yeah. that if you brought them to the late game, they lost. And they made it to land, and they've been successful based on their ability to adjust and adapt to what their enemies bring. So I expected Legion to win the game, the first game, and I expected AFK to make the adjustments. You, to didn't, win the second you game. didn't expect that. I don't I believe you. I don't believe you. I don't believe you. I can bring up my season ticket. <laughs> I want to see your season ticket. You, your season ticket's a lie. I don't believe you. If you go to the VOD of the weekly esports show, that's my pick. That is the reason I said my pick. That said, I do think that the adjustments that AFK makes aren't always just put an ally and have him go 10-0-12. Yeah. So I, like, I think to be fair, that was a good adjustment. adjustment. It worked <laughs> out okay for them. Um... <laughs> I, I, I did you like did you like see an astrologist on like Tuesday who was like, yes, Mercury's in retrograde. Sam Shrew <laughs> not gonna have a good time. Incon kind of gonna feed, but game two allied. Turn it up. Like, did no, they see it in I, the start? No, I, I I'm hundred percent serious. I always expect DJ Perdicus to do. DJ and Aduro are very good in the beginning. Uh, yeah. I expected them to come out swinging, and I think that Legion is a very good team. I think Legion is a number three arguable team. Unfortunately, there's TSM, AFK, and Cloud9 in North America, and that's the only thing that stops Legion from well, being number three, and, and, and that's an if. And eager. Also eager. Whoops. Thank you. I think Legion, realistically speaking, Kret, I think Legion and Eager are very similar skill levels. I think Legion is a very strong team. I think that people don't give Legion enough credit. I think this team is very strong. I think that DJ Perdicus is one of the better players in the world, but he's never seen success because people don't like his attitude, right? And you have Maduro. Yeah, very reasonable. If y'all don't know DJ Perdicus, uh, his his attitude in quote-unquote BM is usually over blasted or or you know sort of overzealous when people talk about it but essentially dj is a he's a shooter player he is the guy that he's he's very much like omega 
honestly. There's like, you know, if he's winning, he's going to taunt you and you're going to swallow it. And if he's losing, he might be a little like angry about it. And that's okay in top-level competition. It totally is. With knowing that, you're not going to succeed with every group of teammates. So we've seen yeah. a number of teams with DJ Pernicus come and go. I think that Aduro and DJ have a very similar thought process where, like, they're not afraid to get passionate. I think that Payne Vion is very, like, if you've ever spoken to Payne, he's very, like, hey, guys, I love everything. And that can sort of balance out DJ and Aduro maybe a little testy. Payne maybe, is, right? Payne is a very <laughs> unique person. If you go That's to a true. LAN event that he's at, I recommend beating him because it's <laughs> an experience. <laughs> I mean, it is a very <laughs> unique experience. <laughs> um, Payne is a very good guy, uh, but he, he's he's essentially like a fun-loving dude. I think that bounces out. And I don't know Panda Cat, Well Plaid, or Salt Machine well enough to really like make an assessment. But I think that DJ Pernicus has finally found his 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 home, or the players around him have finally found DJ. Yeah. Um, and I mean, this is something I've said for a long time. I think that DJ's wait. Smart. Also, you know what the best thing about Legion is. If you go back, you watch the VOD, the, when they show, like, the, um, the, uh, lower third for DJ Pernicus with his MVP, there's, like, this lens flare right next to him, and it is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. (laughs) I gotta get a screenshot of this and post it on Twitter. It is so funny. Yeah. That's the best thing I've heard. This, this is sort of what I'm talking about. Somebody in chat is just like, I watched DJ Pernicus stream yesterday. He pulls his teammates, tell them what I saw, etc. DJ probably called them bad and told them how to fix what they were doing wrong and wasn't nice about it. But he probably didn't call them words that you don't want to hear. He probably didn't tell them to uninstall. You know what I mean? So that's sort of what I'm talking about. DJ's a little rougher on the edges, and that's not for everybody. But I think that this team, Legion of Carrots, is the team that is going to work with him. And DJ is a top-tier jungler. Aduro has grown to be a top-tier mid laner. And I think that Payne is very, very strong. I like what I've seen out of Panda Cat a lot. Panda Cat has... Panda Cat has gotten good slash lines, crit, Not with the Reels approach. Where Reels approach is sort of like, I'll come yeah. at the end of the fight and clean up. Panda Cat just fights you in lane and beats you. Which is awesome. I think that's dope. So, I have a lot of faith in Legion. I have more faith in Legion than a lot of our analysts do. I know I know Adonis doesn't generally uh, put his vote on Legion. I'm the one. I'm the one that believes in this team. I think this team can be top three. I really do. Well, we'll see. We'll see how they do in the uh, long run of the SPL. But, man, that's that's all the games from last week, pretty much. I know Beastar found the, uh, found the link for you, Crit. Yes! It's <laughs> so like, good! The next Avengers movie. It's so good, man! DJ Perticus. If you don't like our drops, fuck you! <laughs> it's so <laughs> So, I mean, I'm, ha- I'm happy for Pern. He hasn't always been the nicest dude in the world to me, but I don't care. My analysis is objective. I think he's great. Yeah. I think he's a smart dude, and I think his team's going to succeed. So uh, it's it's it should be fun. It should be really cool. Um, and it's, uh, it's only going up for Legion. As I said, week three, looking forward, they're going to play against Cloud9. I don't, ex- I don't expect them to 2-0. 
I don't expect them to. I don't expect Legion to win a game off of Cloud9, but if they do, I wouldn't be surprised. And I think that these games will be difficult for Cloud9 to win um, in week three. How do you feel about C9 versus Legion? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I want to say it's 70-30 C9. But, yeah. you know, All that's right. like that's what I thought Denial was, and Denial took game two. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it, it's definitely an uphill battle. I think that C9 will have to fight for the victories, but I think at the end of the day they'll win. Um, we've also got Enemy versus AFK, which I think AFK takes that, no problem. I don't really think there's a conversation there. Uh, Denial versus COG. Do you think COG can win this? I think COG can win this. Once again, I, I'd say 70-30 max. Um, <laughs> you're probably going to see the Denial 2-0. Enduro. I only see Legion beating Cloud9 if Samshire subs in for Barracuda. That's true. Uh, <laughs> Legion is very good against Samshire. <laughs> they have a 100% win rate against all small rodents same Sam. Yeah, I expect now to, to 2 Okog. No problem, honestly. I think that we'll see how Shing does. Shing has been not as consistent. I mean, Shing has generally been... Just consistent enough to avoid the term inconsistent being thrown at him, but he's been sort of like, for his whole career, sort of like teetered on that, you know what I mean? Um, I think it's up to Shing's playstyle in, in that Denial Cog game, but I think Denial wins that. And then Eager versus TSM. Obviously, you have to think your team is going to win. And, and 2 easy. It's the Obviously, only 100-0 game of the SPL. There's no chance TSM will win. I expect your analysis on this to be very light and brief. Yeah, no, we win that easy. I mean, come on. Name one person who's Snoopy. You can't. <laughs> so realistically, I think TSM and Eager split this series. Uh, Kret can't really comment on it too much because he's the coach for Eager, so he doesn't want to give away their secrets. But I think TSM and Eager are... Similarly skilled in a lot of positions. I think that solo lane, TSM has a little bit of a stronger presence in the solo lane with Divios over, over at Atoli. Uh, I think that Boosh and Lazes are very similar. I think that the junglers are irrelevant because they are... You don't go head-to-head -head with junglers the way you do other lanes. Um, and I think that Zapman outdoes Snoopy 100%. So I think, I think that the long lane for Eager wins... I think that the short lane for TSM wins. And I think the rest is a dice roll going the way of is Gars going to go nuts? Can Eager stop Gars? And I don't mean to say like Gars is this like Michael Jordan type player. I think that sometimes the dominoes just fall into place and like Gars just gets what Gars wants. So I think it's up to Eager to really stop that position because I don't think they're going to win solo and I do think they're going to win the Hunter 1v1. So I think there's a lot of other things going on for your team there. Would you, how close to correct do you feel that is? Dude, I wasn't even listening. I'm trying to pull so much out of you for this. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what I do want to talk about, that's a completely different topic. <laughs> Not completely. That's a slightly different topic. And we haven't covered it yet. Let's talk about Jigs now coaching for TSM. Um... Nobody, nobody likes me for saying that Zap outdoes Snoopy. I think Zap is a better hunter than Snoopy. I think that's they have rough. different styles, but like that's we'll see. I mean, Zapman won worlds. 
<laughs> Zatman won Worlds. But no, so I want to talk... Okay, uh, Jigs, TSM. Yeah, yeah, so... Uh, Jigs didn't seem happy as a player, no longer a member of COG, joining TSM, and uh, as a coach... Hyrez doesn't recognize coaches, so it's sort of like, what can they do? And uh, he's just sort of a bench player for COG, right? Uh, yes, so the the logistics of it all is that Jigs is roster-locked to Cognitive Gaming, and now he decides that he doesn't want to play for COG anymore. Whoever he talks to beyond that uh, is sort of up to him. That's like the the height, right? Like, there's no. I mean, we're not dumb. And well, so here's the thing, but, though, right? Like, what does a coach do? Well, I live in a house, so that's a little different. But like, you sit and mumble, you watch games with your boys, and you probably tell them things. Mm-hmm. That said, in tournament rules 3.1, talking about players, uh, section M. In addition to the starters, substitutes, and captains that are checked in at the beginning of each week, coaches and managers are also considered official members of Smite Pro League teams. Jigs can't do that because he's on cock, but you can't, like, send out Dan in a ninja outfit to look in Snoopy's window and see if Jigs is in there mumbling. It's actually really funny. This is really funny because Face It recently had something go on like this. Uh, what's up, my man's Volcania? So, Face It is a Counter-Strike uh, league. Sort of. Sure. We'll, we'll grossly oversimplify it, right? So Counter-Strike is unlike the SPL, where there's a bunch of different leagues. And Face It is one of these leagues. They actually put in their TOS that at any point in time, one of their admins can come to your house to see if you're hacking. Which is not going to happen. Yes! It's hilarious to think of like... Dude! It's a... It's just sending Dan, like, on flights to, <laughs> like, the, Sweden the... to see if someone's hacking. Dude, because right now, I don't know if you've seen Hi-Rez Dan lately, but Hi-Rez Dan has this cool haircut where it's, like, short on the sides and then it's long on the top. And he yeah. flicks it back, and then he puts this little, it's not a ponytail, it's just, like, this little, like, samurai tuft on the top. Dude, I would give him a kendo stick and just send him to like Jigs' house and be like, "Who are you coaching?" Right? But <laughs> yeah, so re- totally. So, re- so realistically speaking, um, the logistics of it all is Cog or, or Jigs is a member of Cog. He cannot play for another team for the remainder of the split. Um, he is not a recognized coach for Team Solo Mid, so Hyrus won't fly him out. Uh, he won't be allowed on stage. Certain situations where coaches are allowed leeway, like, all right, teams need to be on stage in a minute. Kret's talking to Eager. All right, he's the coach. That can happen, right? TSM's talking to Jigs. Who the fuck is Jigs? Get on stage right now, right? So yeah, certain, yeah, yeah. like, amenities that are offered to coaches are not offered to Jigs. He is not the coach of Team Solomid officially. He is, frankly speaking, Jigs is an ex-member of COG that talks to TSM a lot. That is where sure. he sits. So it's one of those things where, like, unfortunately, I think Jigs could have done this better. I don't think this was the most professional, like, I don't think it's the most professional way to handle it, unfortunately. So here's the thing that I worry about. Obviously, I, like, sucks for Cog. They, yeah. they got Big M, whatever. Still kind of sucks. But then, like... You've got a team that's declared they have this player coaching for them. And then week six, they 
play the team that the players benched on. Like, that's sort of colluding, yeah. right? Well, like it's it's I mean, probably not collusion, but like right. it's colluding, you know, like eh, kind of sketchy. Yeah, by that time, like the strategies have probably changed, blah blah blah. But that's sketchy at the very least. I completely agree. I think it's I think it's kind of sketchy. I think it's a little weird. I I mean it's one of those things where like the league can't tell you who to talk to and it's I mean it's But Iris Dan can tell you who to talk to. Dude, I'm just so imagining him going and beating people up. This is so good. Coming soon to Netflix. The man bun, the Dan bun. High octane admin starring Hyrez Dan. Like that's what's coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's just gonna go to Jigs' house and beat him up. <laughs> and Jigs lives in Georgia. Yeah. So, so this mean, can actually happen. <laughs> so I mean, it's one of these things where, like, I don't know. It's, dude. If if a this can happen in pro sports, right? Like, somebody gets injured. Or quits. It was people don't quit pro sports because they get paid eight billion dollars a second. But there was actually a twenty-three-year-old that quit the NFL. Right? If he went to a different team and was like, "Hey, let me tell you all of my team secrets," that's not illegal, right? It just kind of huh. sucks. Like it just kind of sucks because there's no like and. Part of this? Well, wait, no. In pro stores, couldn't that other team sue the pants off of him? No, unless there was an NDA inclusion in his contract. Which well, is maybe something that Cognitive Gaming should have thought about when they cut signed yeah. Jigs to a contract. Yeah. So, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, it's one of those things that, like, it's not on high-res. And sure, I'm Mr. High-Res, so, like, I'm, you could look at me like I'm trying to defend the company. I'm really not. I'm trying to be objective here on really. It's not high res is bad because there's no protect. Now that with everything right now, I stressed the word yet when I said high res doesn't recognize coaches. So we'll see what happens. But you know, coming into the split, coaches were like Zimp Star, Blair Boot, Cret was in the Challenger scene, right? Like that's right. Like, and China enough, and Lenin. There weren't enough like coaches to, to really like warrant a rule change. Now it's seeming to move towards the norm. Maybe we maybe rules need to be readjusted. But at the moment, the only fault I see in the situation is and I'm not trying to throw poop at Cog, but if you know, in the future, I'm sure Cognitive will have NDAs in their contracts. Sure. <laughs> you well, know what I mean? So the other thing is that like you can never, like, players play the game. They actually go out and they do the thing. But you can never really stop someone from coaching as a company. Unless, like, you just are like, he's clearly coaching and we're finding you. And we're finding you. Like, like that's the only thing you could potentially do. Because even if you have, like, a rule where it's like, at a tournament, you have a coach, and the coach is the guy who sits at a computer and inputs all of the picks and bans. Like, right. you could just have Mask, who is banned and couldn't do that, like, in the background be like, alright, here's what you do, and then, like, they have Idris, like, go up and do it for him, you know? Like, or just, like, right. whoever. Right. Like, 
you can't really stop that uh, unless you like find people because fuck them they're clearly like breaking the spirit of the rules or whatever or mm -hmm. you just like refuse them amenities that comes from like actual coaching stuff so it's a really awkward situation it's kind of shitty obviously yeah. we're not saying tsm has to collude to beat cog we're not saying tsm will collude or ever it's just sketchy mm -hmm. it's like eh, it gives me yeah, a bad no, feeling it, it does put a bad taste in my mouth but it's sort of like you know it, it's it's one of those things where like yeah <laughs> Like, I don't think it is the end of the day. I think somebody said in chat, I don't think that this is a, I, I think this is a bad look for Jigs, but I don't think it's a horrible, no one will ever forget this, your career is over. Ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I, uh, I think it's one of those situations where, you know, Jigs, well, yeah, you fucked Cog, and people will remember that, and that's not cool, and that's not fun. But in five weeks, people will forget. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then maybe yeah. eventually he'll, like, go to join teams and we'll be like, well, you kind of fuck Cog, but don't yeah. do it again. I think, I think that right now Team Solo Mid is the team that has to be thinking about that, right? Like, I think Team Solo Mid is the team that has to be like, I, I don't know. The old adage, right? It's been used on the, the old cliche that's been used on so many sitcoms is like, dude meets a girl who's in a relationship she cheats on her boyfriend with that dude. She breaks up with her boyfriend to be with the dude, right? Yeah. And then when she cheats on him, all of his friends are like, are you surprised? Ha <laughs> ha. Right? Yeah. And then I'm the friend the that's like, gender roles. <laughs> Sexism. I think that Jigs is the one. And I mean, sure, I could have made that analogy going the other way with men. Yeah, right? whatever. Sure. Yeah. Totally irrelevant. Um, but the thing is, that's where Jigs is at right now. It's like, yeah, yeah, he bounced out of COG and took all their knowledge, and now he's with TSM. TSM has to remember how that relationship started. Like, nah. TSM has to remember, you know, maybe Jigs has, maybe Jigs's girlfriend starts a, a team, and obviously, you know, Jig wants to help out his girl. Well, maybe he goes to his girlfriend's team. And leaves TSM in the dust, right? So, like, that's something that TSM has to think about. Is it defining of Jigs as a person? I don't know if I'd go far, go so far to say He's that. probably a fun guy. Kind of shitty. Whatever. Right, exactly. They all do kind of shitty yeah. things. Yeah, I mean, like, I don't think this is the end-all, be-all. I don't think this is a huge deal. I think that... I feel like the amount of time that, that Reddit gave this is exactly what it deserved. It was like, holy shit. Cog didn't seem to know Jigs was leaving. That was screwed up. He's on TSM? Not really? Oh. Okay. Yeah. Like, like, like that's it. Right? And, like, like that's it. I think Divius even put in the thread, which he posted, he was like, well, Hyras can't really stop us. Aside yeah. from just, like, I, th I think Hyras could probably be like, we're finding you because fuck it. Right? Yeah. But, like, okay. eh. You know what the best thing about Game 2 of Denial vs. Eager was? Oh, one sec. Uh, Meerkat does say in chat that Jigs told them he was leaving. Herwin tweeted out that they didn't, that Jigs didn't tell him, tell the team that he was leaving. So whether Cog is trying to, like, make it look nice for Jigs, whatever the truth is, I don't really care. Right now the story from the players is that Jigs said that he was leaving, so. Yeah, and then okay, there's okay. some... There was a Perfect. The miscommunication was he 
announced earlier than he said he would. So I guess that's what Heroin was talking a little bit about. It makes a little bit more sense now. You know, it still, I'm sure, was not... I'm sure Cog wasn't thrilled to hear it, but it's good to know that there's not exactly bad blood. So. I Yeah, I hope so. But, um... Yeah, what were you going to say? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, so I mean... It's probably making a dumb joke anyway. At, at the end of the day, I don't think that this... I don't think that uh, what's going on with Jigs is, is a super huge deal. It's something that I'm glad was brought to our attention, and as I said in the future... I think that we'll see rules affecting coaches. Who knows? But for right now, TSM has no official coach, or it's certainly not Jiggs. Uh, he's just a dude that talks to TSM, and he's roster locked to Cog. Yeah. And maybe that gives you bad feelings. Whatever. The one I remember what I was going to say. After You know what the best thing about Game 2 Denial versus Eager is? What's that? Shing still got fined. He played a gold skip. He did! She got fined for playing Gold Kabrakin. Yeah, it's great. Kabrakin! Yeah, every game she plays. Alright, uh, you got anything else? <laughs> I think that's her show. So let's do final words. Someone's been asking this question in chat, so I'm just going to go ahead and answer him. Uh, I can't scroll up to find it, but basically, uh, how many wins do you think like the top team of the SPL will have in this split? And hmm. probably I, 14 is the maximum. Uh, sorry, 12 is the maximum. You'll probably see 10, 11, maybe 12. You might have someone who has a perfect season. It's still possible. Um, but yeah, probably 10 or 11. 9 to be in the running for land, maybe 8. We'll see. Yeah, I, th those are a lot. Actually, you know what, Crit? I'm going to ask you, before we go, mm -hmm. what your season ticket picks are for week 5, for week 3. Because uh, so I haven't put them in yet. Yeah. Well, open up your smite client and do it together. Because, I so, can't open up the smite client while I'm doing the show after that. Well, I will read them off to you. All right, let's do it. So every Thursday, uh, Mr. Adonis and I, um, who has been doing a great job on the pre-show with me, and we do a pre-show for Thursday games where we talk a little bit about our personal picks. And then on Friday is the full weekly Smite eSports show me your pick, whatever you want to call it. Um, show. There is no title, unfortunately, for this show. Uh, so if you think of one... The you show. Know, yeah, I mean, I like to call it Show Me Your Pick, because I think that's funny. Um, but so week three, you've got Fnatic versus Upcoming Stars. How do you feel that's going to go? Well, uh, I just fill out my two Fnatic. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I just fill out my Fnatic too. Like I said, I think that Upcoming Stars is a team on the up and up. I think that Fnatic is an unfortunate speed bump. Lose to this graciously and forget about it really fast because your next match is winnable. <laughs> AFK versus Enemy. How do you feel about that? AFK versus Enemy? 2-0. AFK. Yeah, it should be. That's pretty much how I feel as well. I hope now, they do. is a bigger game. Like, yeah. man, like, AFK are scrim partners, and they're, like, also in the running for land, so... <laughs> it's like, they lose, and it's like, well, now there's more room for us to get to land, but then they lose, and I'm like, but... There are scrim partners. They should win. So it's Adonis. We we can't call it suck my pick. I think that's pushing it. Show me your pick. Maybe <laughs> I'm down suck with my suck pick. my pick. That's a great show name. It's between Dude, that and calling it truthfully. It was actually really funny. Um, we were like in the production room and 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 we were joking around. We were like, "What about suck my pick?" And APC's like thinking about it. And he's like, "No, we can't do it. No, no." I 
are obviously joking. <laughs> it was really funny. Hey, but PC, so, uh, so London Conspiracy versus Team Dignitas. This one's a little bit closer than the last one. So LC2O. Like LC2O. LC2 I think they're the stronger team. I think okay. LC and Titan are very comparable. And I think they sure. lost to Titan. Yeah. All right, yeah. I also have LC going 2-0. Denial versus Cog, I... Sorry, Denial 2-0. Yeah, Denial 2-0, yeah. TSM versus Eager. Uh, G, Cret, coach of Team Eager. How do you have this one? I think it'll be Eager 2-0. <laughs> now, I wonder if that's actually what Cret fills out in his fantasy. For Team Solomon versus Eager, I actually have... I want to split this, and i got to figure out how I want to split this. Um, I think that Eager, it all depends on Gars. We'll see how it works out. Totally versus Divios. I think that TSM takes the first game. Eager takes the second. Um, and that's kind of flipping a coin. I can venture an analysis statement and say that I think that, um, I think that Dare to Care adjusts well, but... I don't think that's a big enough analysis statement to really, like, make that official TSM game one, Eager game two. I just think it goes 50-50, and I'll lean towards Eager winning the second one. Trig versus Epsilon. How do you feel about Trig versus Epsilon? Epsilon 2-0. Epsilon 2-0. Interesting. I do, I do so as well, but I am a little surprised that you are. Uh, Titan versus Nox. Titan 2-0. I agree. Uh, sort of what we were saying about... Night's Watch was that they need more time, sort of like en- enemy esports. So I think Night's Watch is a little above them. They need more time in the oven to really like finish and and become a, a better team. I think they move. Yeah, exactly. Beautiful bread. Exactly. Throw them in the kiln, and then Cloud Nine versus Legion of Carrots. I love Legion of Carrots. I think that they are a top tier team. However, I don't know if they can beat Cloud Nine just yet. Dude, C9 too. I said two zero for everything. I think this next week is going to be the opposite of last week. I think this is going to be the week of two hours. Sure. I think, I think that the only ones that are even close to being splits are Eager TSM, which most people have leading 2-0 TSM, and Cloud9 Legion, which most people have leading 2-0 Cloud9. So I, I'm with you. I think there's a lot of uh, 2-0s. And now, let me, let me, brief promotion. Sorry, guys. If you don't have a season ticket yet, what the fuck are you doing with your life? It's 300 gems. 300 gems. Buy it and smite. And then you get to do your first gems. Yep, that's it. So, I mean, closing statements, I think that what happened with Jigs is slightly unfortunate. Not a big deal, but a small deal. And maybe we'll see some sort of rules clarification in the future. Uh, and I think that uh, Enemy, or Legion of Carrots, Legion of Carrots and Enemy have a growth process to go. And here, if Cog, I'm not writing Cog out yet. It'll be very different in two weeks. I think that Cognitive has a hard deadline of week four. I think week three is their ideal situation. You want to do well in week three, solidify your roster, swap, stop. I, and I'm not chastising Cognitive for swapping rosters and swapping positions. They've been given a really shitty hand, and sometimes you got a mulligan. But I think it's time, and you know, unfortunately you have to, pick your spots, pick a roster, and work with that. Win. Try to win week three. You have to win week four. And then we'll see how the future goes. I'm not writing them off yet, but I think they're going to have some trouble. So that's my closing statement. All right. Well, Meerkat in chat saying Soul left the team, saying it's not a rumor. So Ooh. that changes things, I think, in enemy. Yeah, no, that, change, might... that changes enemy a lot. <laughs> that's just completely like 
Mansoul is a powerhouse, but um, yeah, so that's that's tough for them. But uh, I, I don't see enemy growing. I see Cog maybe pulling it together, maybe not. We'll see. Either way, I think enemy and Cog are like probably going to be the relegation teams in the split. And okay. you know, I hope I'm wrong about that. I hope we see something different. Uh, as long as it's not us. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's probably Noxville Canadian Stars in. Uh, in EU, we'll see what happens this next week. I think it's going to be the week of two O's, but hey, I could be wrong about that too. Um, and uh, but let's do let's do some final shoutouts. Um, just sort of, you, you have anything you want to talk about before we end the show? Any any shoutouts? I know you got your pick show. Show us your pick uh, on <laughs> Thursday, Wednesday, yeah, yeah, Tuesday. I mean, pretty much just you know, tune in every Tuesday. At five for really. Um, I haven't been streaming on my personal channel for a while. I've just been in a weird spot. I'm going to a wedding for Ryan Chart. If you guys know my my. Oh, awesome. My, uh, yeah, yeah. Ryan's getting married. It's actually really cool. Uh, my buddy Ryan is getting married. Cret knows him because he was our guild. He was our guild leader for a yeah, while. Yeah, for like a day. Um, I've played WoW with this dude for a decade. That's literally where I know him from. And he is probably better friends with me than most of my IRL friends. Um, and I will actually be officiating the wedding. I am, if you live in California, I can join you and your wife or husband to be in marriage. So that's what I will be doing. Oh my God. Uh, <laughs> I will be the officiant. Yeah. Wait, for my so are you, are you gonna actually say, you may kiss the bride, let's go team. I have, I have the, I, I wrote the script. It actually oh says, it actually says, dearly beloved, we are gathered here to look at the loot of these two people, Ryan in his purples, Jessica in her blues. That's that's how the speech is gonna go. Oh my god, that's dope, <laughs> uh, dude! Congratulations for you. Send it, them on to uh, Ryan for me. And, yeah. It, it will be it will be a lot of fun. I will be casting the wedding in some strange way, so that'll be cool. Um, so special shout outs to to my friends Ryan and Jessica who are going to get married. I'll be in California June third. Um, and real talk, that should just crunch my brain down a little bit. So when I return, expect more streams and all the fun stuff. Right now, I'm just kind of like in no man's land with so many things. So we'll figure it out. But special shout outs to them, and so that's that. So we'll see you after. Yeah, and uh, for me, um, I streamed my AMA today. It was fun. I'm probably going to do it again next week. And uh, the stream actually coerced me into releasing a new build that I've been working on for a while. It's not viable. It's a flavor build. Okay. It's the successor to the Unicorn. Um, it's not viable because it does about 5% less damage. Did you call it the Banshee? Yeah. It does about 5% less... Do you get the reference? It does about 5% yes. less damage... Nerd. 5% less damage than a crit build. Uh, you'll lose a 1v1 about 60% of the time. So it's not viable. I wouldn't let Zapman play it, most most likely. Um, but it's a non-crit build that you can use. And uh, I'll drop the link in chat. I think it's pretty fun. Could have nice. some uses with like Gab and Hui and weird edge situations. And hey, maybe if we see a small buff to any of the pieces, chin size cost reduction, it's not worth 3000 anymore. Let's be honest, <laughs> it is not. Yeah. Um, you know, whatever. Maybe maybe it could see competitive play then. But for now, it's just a fun little build. Use a chin size. And uh, I'll drop the link. That's the Banshee. It's a Gundam Unicorn reference. And uh, that's our show. Thanks for coming out to Really. It's been a pleasure. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.